Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. Happy New Year, or thereabouts. <laughs> Roughly. <laughs> I, you know what, just for that, I'm going to make sure this episode releases on January 1st. That's good. Yeah. Just trying to motivate Wh- you. Which year? Yeah. <laughs> Is this 2023 or... Zach's one of our listeners. He's figured yeah. this out. He knows how this he works. He knows. Yeah, so the topic for this one is grow or die, which is, you know, philosophical thing I, I've had and, and tried to break against sometimes to my own peril. But, I mean, the core concept is that a lot of business owners think that they're going to reach the top of the mountaintop. You know, as soon as I get this done, you know, then I can do X, Y, Z. Or I, I hear staff even have variations of it, you know. It usually comes in the form of when I have time, I'll do this. Um, but the concept that there's a finish line and that at a certain point it'll be good enough and then then we can focus on maintaining. And you know, it'll be smooth sailing. We'll systematize everything. Systematize, systematize, I don't know. We'll, we'll make everything flow predictably and I'll just collect my check and I will sit on the beach and you know, that's that. And it'll just keep going to infinity. Problem is, anyone I know that's ever tried to do that and took their foot off the gas, uh, the business just implodes. I don't know if you guys have witnessed this anywhere or anything or tried it yourself, but it, it took me a while to figure out why why that was. And I have a theory. I don't, I don't know how this works. I think this is a universe thing. But the theory is basically that, you know, if you hit that level where you're happy and you try and write it out, that's fine, but the rest of the world didn't stop. And it started gaining on you. The environment changed, the clients changed, the competitive landscape changed, and the business actually starts going downhill. Uh, and yeah, I made that, I made that mistake once. You know, I, I stopped making that particular mistake and made different ones after that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it is, it's a bit of a pipe dream. Uh, it always seems, you know, there's the next mountain to climb. Business owners are like, we just, we like growth, right? Sometimes for growth's sake, which is a terrible idea, always in retrospect, but in the moment feels good. You know, we just did a, a walk around the office here and I was showing Zach everything. And you know, we were talking about physical growth of the facility. Um, thankfully he didn't ask me to what end, so I didn't have to justify it. Um, <laughs> but you know, physically our footprint has grown from 400 square feet to, about 10,000 in two or three years, which is just crazy to think about in retrospect. In fact, uh, we're putting together a, a video right now for kind of our annual celebration for staff where we dig out all the pictures of the miscellaneous stuff that happened throughout the year. And I'm, you look at stuff from like January or February of last year and it's like ancient history. Like things move so quick. Um, Everyone's giving me blank looks here, so I hope this is landing with the listener more than the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I absolutely agree. I think, and I think you're you're spot on in the sense that the world keeps moving, people keep getting smarter, and so the the bar and level of of expectation, um, you know, I great quote in the customer experience world is right. You know, customers set their bar based on their most recent interactions, right? So they have a very short memory for 
um, things that go well and they have a very long memory for things that don't go well. And so once they start having good experiences with another business, it doesn't even have to be your competitor. It can be something completely, you know, irrelevant to your industry, but that's the bar that consumers start to set of how they want to be interacted with. Right. So 10 years ago, there was no such thing as apps. Now there's apps. And if you don't have one, you know, and your competitor does, and it's easier and, you know, people don't like to talk on the phone anymore. They want to text or, or book order online. And so if you can't do that, I mean, there's a new pizza place over in Bettendorf that I can't find their menu online. Like, I, I, like <laughs> this is a brand new place. And like, I'm like, I want to order pizza from you. I, I, what do you have? They have no website. They have no, I'm, and, and I'm sure they'll do fine. And I know they're getting started, but like there's a point in time where people will just be like, yeah, never mind. No, that, uh, that annoyed you. Right. So I had the same experience. There's a restaurant three blocks from our office and I was trying to research before I went there, what it was because we were trying to go for lunch, which of course we didn't want to waste an hour and a half or anything. Um, and it wasn't there and I posted it on the, on their Google. Right. So now every two or three months I get an email from Google that I've helped, you know, 50,000 people, a hundred thousand people have viewed this image. And I, I just want to go in there and like say, can you just give me a pen, penny and food credit for each of these people I helped? <laughs> uh, give me some pizzas, you know? It's it's amazing. I, I post videos or I post pictures on, on, on Google Maps a lot of times too for different things. And you go back and you look at the stats of how many people yeah. have viewed those listings. Mm -hmm. And then you realize how many business owners actually haven't claimed their business listing, optimized, put their own stuff on there. And yet I'm, you know, my little picture of, of, you know, the outside of their building has, has been seen 25,000 times or something. Yeah. You're like, you're just missing opportunities left and right. And, and it's because they're busy, right? They're in the business. They're stuck in the middle of it as opposed to stepping back and, and you know, thinking about how to how to optimize and how to, you know, improve and how to grow um, all their opportunities as opposed to just putting out fires. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's a middle ground because <laughs> I, I don't think there really is. Your foot's either on the accelerator or it's not. You know, like you take your focus off sales, sales probably goes down. <laughs> Generally, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a middle ground. If you have a evergreen product and you have a thing, you know, you may not have to expand. You may not have to grow your physical footprint. You should still improve. And I so I think the middle ground is... There's growth, um, and and you should always still be growing, but it, it, it may not be in your case, right? You're 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 physically growing the footprint of your business. You're adding new capacity. We're you're really adding, good at really good at growing overhead too, yeah, Zach. Well, that, amazing know, at that. You're spending more, uh, you know, and so your suppliers <laughs> love the fact that you're growing. Um, yeah, they stop in and visit us now. It's amazing. Yeah, but you can get to a point where you're like, okay, we've got our footprint, we've got our service lines. We're not going to grow our service lines, but there's still opportunities to improve your efficiency to improve your so you're still growing you're just it's not necessarily growth sake it's not headcount people capacity it's going to be now efficient i'm growing by efficiency i'm growing by um charging more to less customers or i'm you know focusing on on different things so i think there's still it's improvement maybe it's not always pure growth but if you take your foot off the gas, I was just, I was just going to just wait for you. You looked like you were thinking of something profound, but yeah, I mean, that's if you, why, that's why it didn't come out. Yeah, I know. Well, cause it wasn't profound or it was too profound. Well, when you can't say anything nice. Yeah, all right. All right. I hear you. It's cause you ran out of things to say. That's right. I get it. <laughs> but what he, what he was talking about makes sense because yeah. when you think, well, oh, I'm going to coast or we've gotten to a certain point. 
I think what you talked about, about keeping current or especially in today's world, you, what you, you may have great built the best business ever in the nineties and two thousands on, on principles that maybe worked perfectly then or were state of the art then that today they may still work to get you where you're at because of whatever, but will they keep you there? And if you think, well, I'll be, we'll just coast unless you are so far ahead of everybody else that you can take a dip in sales and still coast and be to the finish line. But unless you're selling the business in the next six months, but like, I don't want to be the guy that says, yeah, I'm sorry that sales are down. I just want to sell. I, don't, I didn't really want to keep it up for you. I just oh, want the your buyer, money. The oh, buyer is going to love that actually, Kevin, because they're going to get a deal. Yeah. Um. Well, exactly. That's true. But I mean, Kevin, you're a photographer. I mean, think about Kodak, right? They, mm -hmm. they, they were the dominant yeah. end all be all of photography, you know, and now yeah, they still do a lot of commercial stuff and they, but th their business has dramatically changed, but I think they coasted for a while. I think they became, oh, nobody's going to abandon print. Yeah. Um, and photos. Well, they coasted and they also made an incredibly large, you know, strategic mistake saying digital's never going to really be a thing. It's not going to ever really replace, you know, film. That by itself, you know, could have, they could be in a different world today, but you're right. You know, we're so big. We're so, we've been around forever. I mean, we're going to keep doing it the way yeah, we always I, did it. I wonder if some of that is like business entitlement thinking, right? Yeah. Like I came in and kicked ass. I put in my time. Now I should be able to just reap the rewards, which is the dream. Uh, is I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I mean, I well, you got to reap some rewards. You do have to reap the rewards. That's true. But I don't think I've ever thought about reaping rewards to the point where I didn't have to do any more work, or that I wouldn't have to like. Well, maybe, I think I think about that all the time. But <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I don't because I know that it, that it doesn't work. I guess, but I don't know. I mean, well, at some point so when you I don't want to choose your work. Well, yeah, that. well, all right. No, that's different. You know, I choose when I want to work or what I want to do. That's true. I mean, do I want to work from the home? Do I want to go to the office? I mean, the office here in the Quad Cities, I live in the Iowa side. The office is in the district. It's 10 miles from my house. And after COVID, I feel like I'm driving to Des Moines. Now, we, we have to, for our urban listeners, we have to put that in perspective because 10 miles elsewhere it's, could be an hour drive. Well, that's true. It is, I mean, it's what, 18 minutes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 18 minutes across town with traffic. And it still seems like, I'm, like again, I'm going to another county where three years ago, it was no big deal. Now I'd rather work from the house. Maybe so to me that that would be the example of what you're talking about. I'd rather so from it isn't taking my foot off the gas. It isn't like trying to, to do the things that'll get me. It's it's the choice to work when I want to work from home or when I don't want to work or and that, I mean that that's how I would see it more. But in your world that might mean hiring, right? Putting yeah. somebody who's going to yeah. physically work in you know yep. or or do yeah. that. So so you're growing, you're just growing in a different way. Again, mm -hmm. you know, I think I think people get too hung up on I agree with the grow or die. I think the I'm going to be the dissenter here in the sense that I think people get too hung up on this growth for growth's sake, yeah. as opposed oh, to yeah. thinking about growing smart and and what does growth actually mean? Um, you know, because to a small business, it doesn't necessarily mean opening five new locations. In fact, that could be there's so many restaurants and so many small businesses that when they open their second or third location, that's what put them out of business because they they they're not they weren't built to be multi you know, multi-location operators or they don't have that skill set or it was, they couldn't manage quality control and whatnot. But if they could improve the footprint of their existing business, if they could improve the operations and, and roll out new products and try new things, like they could have been very successful to the point, to the, to the day they retire. Well, and to grossly oversimplify, I think a lot of people just chase top line revenue. That, Absolutely. That is the metric. Yep. So, yeah, and the saying is, 
you know, gross is for vanity and nets for sanity, right? Um, but unless you've lived both of those, it really doesn't hit. <laughs> um, the top line's the fun one. It's what everyone asks, except for the people that don't need to ask because they've been there. And then they usually don't ask your bottom line. <laughs> if you're talking about top line, they're hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Every time this has come up, and, and I trying to explain this to frontline staff members is fairly difficult too. So if you take like the doers of an organization and you tell them we're going to start focusing on use efficiency or whatever word you want, uh, especially if you put it in a financial context to get more out the bottom line, it doesn't, it doesn't hit. Like they, it, they don't get it. All of a sudden they hear, you know, Oh, we're trying to squeeze everything out of it. Yeah. Uh, and not all, obviously, you know, it, it, it depends on the individual, but the general mentality I think is still there of, of most frontline workers. And same here, we're going through the same thing right now. We're focusing a lot more on uh, financial stability and uh, cash reserves and all kinds of stuff. Um, hopefully since we're coming out of COVID, I'm put that prediction out there. It's probably wrong by the time this airs, but um, you know, there's been so much chaos that, you know, my company has actually thrived during. However, we we don't want to be out there without a parachute again. You know, the exact opposite could have happened. And I guess that's our continual improvement. Yeah, we're not so much chasing top line. And the other thing that, you know, we have to tell them is then who to focus on. You know, if they're on a customer-facing position, who do we focus on? You know, is it, is it the one screaming the loudest? You know, <laughs> the old squeaky wheel gets all the oil or... The corollary, you know, the squeaky whale gets replaced. Ah, you like that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't. Re- what I can't, episode was that? Fire I, your customer. I can't remember who to credit that. I think, I think I heard it through Joe Polish, but I don't know who he uh, attributed that one to. But I, it stuck. I've used it and people always have a reaction. Um, yeah, and, and I, I have to tell them that, you know, busyness is not necessarily the goal. Uh, even product output is not necessarily it. So this is the probably the most difficult one is that when someone new comes in, particularly in our manufacturing production side for print and mail, I have to let them know that our place in the marketplace is, is speed and quality. So this means that I'm going to pay you to be idle sometimes and available for when something comes in. This is really hard for a hands-on doer to be idle on their primary job task. Yes, there's lots of filler things to do, but the fact that they're not performing their primary task really bothers them. Like, I'd enjoy it. I'd you know, take a little mental break from whatever <laughs> it was, but I'm cut from a different cloth. But the mental break's good for. I mean, I was in consulting for years, and one of the you know one of the realities of being a consultant is sometimes you're on what they call on the bench, right? Which mm-hmm. is you're in between projects and. The first time you do it, you're like, cool, I'm getting paid. I'm sitting at home. I'm, I might be, you know, maybe I'm working on some, some learning or whatever, but I'm not traveling. I'm not going to clients. I'm not doing all this stuff. And after a while though, you're like, but that's what I like doing. That's what I, you know, and I'm good at that. And I get, I get, I get some sort of reward for doing, you know? And so, so, I mean, I think you're right. I frontline workers don't want to sit idle. You know, they, they are hired to do a task stability comes from feeling like you're completing said task you know and then now you're like oh we're going to do more tasks and then it feels like well wait wasn't i doing them good enough before and it's like no but let's do it more efficiently because we're going to add x y step into it right and, and i think 
being transparent is a big part of that conversation. You know, I, I've, I've, I've managed frontline workers and I've, you know, I've managed, and I think if you tell them not just the, the financial why, but like the impact to their customer, you know, to mm-hmm. the people you're serving, like what, if we do this, what it means for them, what they can do. And, and, and I think people get a lot of value out of that and it's often left out of the, the, the story or the equation. Yeah. I, I think a lot of them don't even know the story. <laughs> like they haven't been told the story. They come show up and, uh, this is what I do. So I've done it. And then there's another problem with uh, outside eyes. So, you know, in manufacturing, this for me is pretty easy. I'm a systems thinker. I can go in our shop and spot the inefficiency pretty quick that someone working there hasn't. You know, that's exactly what I do on the marketing side, too, when we do our, our blueprint consulting days is, you know, wow, there's a hole here, a hole here. Like, this is incredible. You've gotten as far as you have. Kudos, because it must have been freaking hard because you missed this, 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 this. Um, and if you have like the wrong people and you come and like find these things so quickly, <laughs> it, uh, it, it doesn't sit. <laughs> um, well, they, they take it personally, right? They, they feel like that that's a well, knock depends. against yeah, them. Yeah, it depends on the approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I come in and magically buy a new piece of gear that fixed a problem that's been going on for six months, but I learned about two weeks ago. didn't have the frame of reference, right? right. We don't, don't know what we don't know. And that's why consultants are in business. <laughs> Very much so. Kevin, you should be a consultant. You think so? Yeah. All right. That's what I need is one more thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to ask for payment. See, you wouldn't make a good consultant. You ask. Oh, that's, I'll bill you. I don't even ask. I'll just send you an invoice. Get the card up front, Kevin. Get the it's card true. I know. That's right. Please fill out this form. Isn't there AI that I get to do that? Yes. Didn't we talk about that earlier? Can I just get that app? Do yeah, it for that me? was last year we talked about that. I know, but that stuck in my mind. <laughs> 2022 was, was, the end of the year was great for learning. Yeah. There's clearly no break in this episode. We'll no, be, this is, this we'll is going to be our first f- just full length. We'll be going to outro fairly soon, That's folks. Right. Don't worry. Hey, Thanks we'll for giving me the us. warning so I know which one to push. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's available to hire to uh, really your podcast. You want a very rudimentary approach to your uh, podcast production. Uh, so anyhow, we're in Q1. Assuming you didn't set your goals yet, which in all likelihood you did not, um, it, it's time to get them. Areas of growth focus. I, I think Zach did a pretty good job iterating that that can look like different things. It's, it's not exactly what came to mind. But uh, let's talk about goal setting really quick because this has been hard for me. Like things move so fast, predicting anywhere in the future is hard. Um, looking back a year, I there's no way I could have predicted where we're at right now. I mean, I I could have like dreamed and guessed, yeah. but you know, to say there was a clear vision, not so much. And even on like a a micro level of budgeting, that's incredibly difficult. Even like a month out in this company, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm taking a scientific, wild ass guess about you know, what these lines are going to look like. Um, Zach, in, in like clients you've dealt with or in your own business, I, I, I don't care. You reveal what you will, but what role has goal setting played? What, what benefit or things just occur because they're pushing? Yeah. So I think there's, you know, there's obviously kind of two, two schools of thought to, to goal setting. There's, there's, you know, tactical, like I'm going to set a number and, and then this is my number. Therefore I'm going to, to, you know, build activities around, around going for that number. But reality 
I I think those those work, but those are also the first ones you um, avoid, right? Like you know, it's New Year, everybody's gonna you know half the population's like I'm gonna work out more, yep. you know, and and so work out more becomes the metric, right? It's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna work out more, but I think you have to step back and say, well, what's the outcome? What's the vision? that I want first. Um, and, and that's what I've, when I do goal setting personally, professionally, everything, I kind of go to, what do I want to achieve? Um, and then I work into it because what you want to achieve may be very different than the, the metrics that, that, that lead to that. So Kevin, and you just said, you know, you want to work from home more, right? If you had set a goal of increased revenue, that actually may make you be in the office more, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. you might say, hey, I'm going to work from home more Therefore, I'm going to create more products or I'm going to do different services that, that I can I can do from home. You know, I'm editing or doing different stuff as opposed to having to be in the office. And so it, it changes your, your focus with the end goal still being to grow revenue. You're just growing it differently, you know, and you're putting your focus in. So I think you got to start with what you want. And so whether it's a business owner, you know, am I, am I looking for an exit? Am I looking for... Um, you know, to pay for my kid's college or whatever. But if you think of that vision first and then start to back in, well, what tactics, what what things am I going to need to do to to achieve that? A, it's a lot more emotive. It, it's meaningful for you. And then you're, you're way more likely to hit those goals than you are if you, uh, if you just pick a number out of the, you know, out of the sky. We're going to grow 10% this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you don't, well, your weight analogy for the new year. I'd much rather say I'd like to get to 175 pounds than I just need to go to the gym because I have a Y membership through my employer. I mean, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. We'll launch that on, on January 4th. So There you go. It is, <laughs> you're right. If you don't know where you really want to be with it, you, well, at least I found when I've, when I've just picked random numbers that I thought were less random out of the air without knowing really why I wanted to get there, they really either were way off, like during the COVID years, or... They didn't, I would find later, I'm like, that's just not practical. And I, then you just like constantly are resetting your goals. That's, yeah, if, you, if they're not concrete or set, although maybe like you said, in today's world, maybe it, maybe goal setting is a shorter term thing because it's just, they things change so constantly that you're always reevaluating, even the best set goals. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's really hard for me to do this exercise in the office too. So the only time I can think in this frame of mind is when I'm traveling whether it's on an airplane, in a hotel room, just completely away from it. Otherwise, and it's not even necessarily distractions. Like I can shut my door and no one comes knocking on the door. They know that. But it's like you have to be out, or I do anyway. I have to be physically out to get mentally out and uh, try and make something that actually matters at the end of the day to me. Otherwise, we just grow for growth's sake. Yeah. And you wander you wander aimlessly towards that goal and then that's when you make mistakes along the way or that's where you spend more in this category that really didn't drive anything and it was you thought it was a good idea at the time, you know, in hindsight. Yeah, or you don't really care if you make the goal or not. Right. Right. You're not you're not it didn't mean anything to start with, right? You're onto the ne- you're onto another goal that you didn't that you don't really need to meet either. That's true. Then it becomes multiple goals and half of them get set or I mean, yeah. No, that makes sense where it becomes unachievable for one reason or another. I would probably have another podcast episode figuring out how to get the team to buy into the goals. But well, I don't think the team has to necessarily all buy into all of the goals, right? Your vision as an owner is a is important, especially. Let's say you want to sell, right, or whatever. Like they don't have to buy into that. 
there's objectives that then you need to meet to reach that, right? So you now that you've got a vision, you can say, okay, well, I need to I need to cut expenses. I need like these are the things that get me there. Mm-hmm. Then you create tactics, you create those kind of key results to get to that objective, right? And so then it's okay, well, to do that we need to have we need to increase our output. We need to increase our output of of you know from the from the the floor ten percent. Like that's because that's a volume metric that we we always have to have, you know, or whatever. Those are tactics then that you can work with your with your team on. And again, the frontline workers much generally more often like that, right? Um, you know, because it's it's more concrete, it's more tangible, it's more understandable, um, and and it's measurable, and and you know, it's it's a lot easier because they're like, just tell me what you want me to do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go do it. Like I don't, you know, a lot of times I don't have to talk about it. I just want to know what I'm expected to do. Yeah, sometimes it's tough for me. We, we have senior team members have to operate in a bit of an ambiguity here, um, and then I don't always deal with the frontline ones. So, There's well, with them, you're working on the objective level, right? Yeah. It's here's the objective. Now, I trust you as a senior member to go figure out what those tactics are with with your team. You know, with your with your team to figure that out or your people. Um, but you're working at the visionary level. They're working at the objective level, and then the people who are producing the output are working at that that key result or that tactical level cool let's go final thoughts uh anything on growth or goal setting kevin final thoughts uh no i think both of what you guys talked about made a lot of sense i think you need to be very concrete of what you think you want sometimes you need to reevaluate that what do i really want what is the outcome before you actually start to figure out the tactics and i think what something he just said that i didn't think about in reference like in your business is that you may have goals that are company-wide for whatever reason and then you'll have goals that are very specific to only certain people whether it's frontline whether it's marketing whether it's operations whatever it is and I didn't even think about that till you just were talking there literally can be some that this is here's some objectives for everybody and then here's some that only matter to you over here and you over here and some that only matter to me as the owner I've never, ever really looked at it like that. I always tried to get everyone on the same page and you buy into what we're doing, even if it doesn't really affect you. And that has never really worked very well. Well, I mean, it's most concrete at the tangible output level. So like mm-hmm. the manufacturing environment's a good one to see it. I mean, we have scoreboards and piece counters on machines that can say the target is, I mean, this is like the most granular goal you can get, right? Your target mm-hmm. pieces is this, this is where you're at. You know, and you know you have to move faster or you have time to see. Once it gets up into intangible, it's a, a lot more difficult, in my opinion. Zach, final thoughts? Um, I, I think, Kevin, you said this. I think shorter horizons, you know, long-term visions, short-term goals, um, mm-hmm. I think are, are going to allow you to keep up with the market that is that is just changing so rapidly. Um, and, and so you may need to reevaluate the goal, but the vision shouldn't change. So understand where you're going, what you're going. That's your North Star. And then and then work on things uh, and be willing to to be flexible and nimble. Cool. My final thoughts is sometimes a guess is better than not guessing. So if you don't know, uh, somewhere in your head you have some background knowledge, you take a guess, uh, you know, budgeting in particular. Put it down, having that guidance and actually paying attention and looking at whatever the area is will make an impact. So if it gets inspected, it should get better get better over time right yes should get better otherwise you should fire yourself and hire someone else for that particular part uh which maybe we'll talk about in episode 42 maybe not but uh zach thanks for being our guest for the past i don't know three four episodes whatever we've had appreciate it 
And uh, Kevin, thank you for pressing the correct buttons. And now you can press the outro. Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit Profit911.biz.